Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, Welcome back, Internet Familia. We are on episode number 21. 21. Nice. And I'm super excited today because we are starting chapter four. <laughs> Guys, we've been through three chapters together. Is that the right Aww. noise? We've been through so <laughs> much. No, what a journey. Oh, I'm so no, sorry. No, wait, that's actually not it either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a positive we're a little goofy today, but feeling great to be back. Yes, that's three chapters that we're done. That's incredible. Wow, three chapters. Flying oh, by. We should have a little montage all together. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I was running in the beach. We yeah. did it. Three chapters. <laughs> three chapters. So what was chapter three all about? Karma yoga. Okay. Ooh. So Arjuna at the beginning was like, hey, Krishna, what exactly did you want me to do again? Like, please tell me decisively what's best. Right. And so Krishna explains this notion of karma yoga, right? Right. Which basically karma means action and yoga is like union. So through our actions, we need to connect and unite with Krishna. So not all of us are going to be lucky to do direct devotional service or bhakti yoga, like maybe directly sweeping the temple. I don't know, some form of service, but we can transform any of our day-to-day -day work, whatever we are, accountants, teachers, economists, into some form of devotional service just through a shift in our mentality. Yeah. Yes. It also talked about like sense gratification and like these like bondage, like these lines that are tying right. us to this material world. Like, oh, I want to get more money. Right. Like, or I want to see all the movies in the world, like trying to engage our senses. Right. I want to listen to all the music, like these desires that we have with our mm -hmm. eyes, ears, nose. Right. We visualized it like lassos that tie you to this world. The more desires, the more lassos are anchoring exactly. you here. And so like Krishna consciousness not only cuts down those uh, pre-existing lassos, but it also like helps you not build any furthermore right, right? love that great yeah. great summary of and basically three. saying that through karma yoga if you're able to achieve this internal state of like okay i'm not the doer krishna's working through me the more you're able to detach from it's me 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 mentality and your ego krishna will illuminate they use that word illuminate his kind of like magic through you Right. Uh, there's also a lot of talk about lust, right? And like lust is not like the bam, like, a bam. like it's, it can be, <laughs> lust can be like the things that we desire, right? Mm -hmm. And so how lust actually, when we are craving something and then it takes, Krishna took us through the cycle of like when we have lust for something or desire for something, how it can be actually really, really harmful for us as well. Yeah. It creates anger, which then. Right. Then it's like, it was the whole breakdown from one emotion to another, to another. And, and it just degrades us at the end of the day. Like it puts just in a really negative condition, right? Right. Yeah. And it also talked about like the three modes of nature, mode of goodness, passion, and ignorance. That if you picture, they're kind of like, imagine these goddesses from the sky working through like their puppeteers and we're all like little puppets in their hands, just being driven by modes. Like when you're angry, you can't help but operate under your anger. It's like this wrath that's blinding you. You can't think clearly. You can't filter it all through your intelligence, but we want to try to operate all our actions more from the mode of goodness. And anyways, we're, we're going to learn more about the three modes as we get on further chapters. It's going to go more deep into it because we like kind of barely touched on it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we barely touched on it and we're going to learn more about that. But for now, we kind of get the gist of karma yoga, right? Mm -hmm. Like using our everyday jobs in a service for Krishna, how to engage ourselves in that way. And so now we're moving to chapter four. Transcendental knowledge. Beautiful. Should nice. we do the invocation prayers? Yes, yes. please. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Shalakaya Shakshurun Militam Yena 
Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Translation, I was born in the darkness, ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with a torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto him. All right, chapter four, ladies. You know what? Uh, I was talking to my sister yesterday, was it? And she was like, I just wanted to tell you that I've been listening to the podcast and like one of you is really funny. And she couldn't tell which, like she like she couldn't <laughs> tell which one is one of you, like Shamali versus Shama Sangeeta, because obviously she knows my voice, but she's not as used to y'all. So maybe we should like say our names. She's just like, yeah, I think Shamali, I don't know. So one of you is really funny and I really love it. That's a, like a really great addition. I don't know. She was <laughs> like the one that talks like a cartoon character because that's me. Shamali sounds Sangeeta. like an elegant woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. So this is Priyadarshini. This is Shama Sangeeta. And this is Shamali. Um, um, um. There we go. <laughs> we should have done and this three are. chapters ago. I know. We're so sorry. We should have been doing this a while back. But I mean, now we, you know, we just put it out there now. Yeah, 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 yeah. we did it. I was just going to say, we are the modern yogi. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, when I we was, are all the modern yogi. You guys too. Oh, yes. you guys. You guys are the fourth person in this room with us, essentially. Yeah, right? you there in your seat listening to this right now. Whether you're on your drive, whether you're in your house, wherever you are listening to this podcast, bathroom. this is a conversation. In the bathroom, whatever. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Anywhere you are. I mean, wherever you are. We're basically extending this conversation that happened thousands of years ago in the battlefield of Kurukshetra, and we're partaking in that dialogue. That's incredible. <laughs> And it's really cool because we're partaking it in different time zones and different uh -huh. states and yeah. different countries. Multidimensional, like <laughs> past, present, future. Yeah. And shout out to the people from around the world that are listening to this podcast. We saw a little bit of the analytics of oh, who's yeah. actually listening. What was it? Ireland? Singapore? South Africa? South Africa. Yeah. So cool. That is incredible. So we are so grateful for all of our listeners around the world. And thank you for sticking to us. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to throw out there, if you're new joining us and any of this feels overwhelming, do not worry stick with us because it is like an artichoke we peel back the layers that we keep bringing up again and again and it'll just get deeper and we will carry you through this journey i like us. how you said artichoke an artichoke an art. you know what i thought of i thought of uh, have you seen the pink panther uh, to get to a woman's heart is like an artichoke <laughs> is that part of the movie that's good also right. if you do have any questions we do have an instagram it is at modern yogi podcast so feel free to send us a dm with any questions you might have yeah yes. we can incorporate it next Next episode at Modern Yogi Podcast. All righty, Priya, take us away with text one in chapter four, Transcendental Knowledge. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna said, I instructed this imperishable science of yoga to the sun god, Vishvaswan. Vishvaswan. And Vivaswan instructed it to Manu, the father of mankind, and Manu in turn instructed it to Ishvaku. So side note, neither Shama, Sangeeta, or myself wanted to read this because of the difficult name. So we both looked at Priya <laughs> and we're like, so this is you? It's you? <laughs> and I was so confident. <laughs> I still got it wrong. So, so beginning chapter four, remember, this is a brand new topic. Krishna is saying, okay, let me give you some background on what this conversation is all about, right? So I know these names can be a little bit difficult, but essentially Krishna is saying that I once instructed this to the sun god and then the sun god, it gave it to someone one named Manu and then Manu gave it to line if Ishwaku right and so it kind of reminds me of like the the head the knee bones connected to the the bone the, 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 you know so he's basically like giving us a breakdown of like who he said it to first right. and then who told it to who and then who told it to and who and why is that important 
what's giving us a background as to like, hey, Arjuna, you're not the first person to hear this. Yeah. Like this happened it, a really long time ago. Right. It's no, coming no, from authoritative sources. They call yes. it they call it a disciplic succession, which basically means it comes from a line of guru to disciple, guru to disciple, right. and continuing the chain. So it's not just like from a random person to another. Yeah, I think it's trying to establish validity of the knowledge because if you teach it directly to someone and you ensure someone learns it really well and then that person understands it really well and they teach it to somebody else and they like we tr you know you keep it exactly i think the point of this bhagavad gita is as it is right like you're trying to pass right. the knowledge exactly as krishna said it so it right. doesn't get lost so that it's very precise so that it's like the same knowledge so it's not like a game of telephone right like that's mm. the opposite of what we want telephones like the first message that someone says is completely different than the last person that heard it right so right. in this case krishna is saying no 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 like i gave it to the song god which first of all like he's like the top most planet here right like that's like a really important thing to say and then he passed it down and um and then eventually it got lost right right, right. and so now we're doing this again and me krishna the original everything is trying to give it to you arjuna so like you got a duty here right like, pay attention <laughs> right that's so interesting to think it got lost so krishna personally wanted to come back to revive it yeah. so along the lines of how important the gita is Srila Prabhupada here in the purport saying it's not the gita is not a speculative treaty for insignificant or for the insignificant mundane scholar, but it's a standard book of knowledge coming down from time immemorial. So yeah, this is the concept of guru to disciple from guru to disciple and again and again down the line. Yeah. Right. So as you were saying, Priya, um, so Krishna gave it to the sun God, which is like you said, the topmost planet. And then he gave, the sun God gave it to Manu. Mm -hmm. Do we know who Manu is? It's like the first man. The, the father of mankind. Right. And then Manu gave it to his son. Yes. Ishvaku. Yes. Okay, got yeah. it. There's a whole timeline of the year breakdown that I found fascinating in the purport, because just to give you an idea of how ancient it is. So it kind of says, at the present moment, we've just passed through 5,000 years of Kali Yuga. So remember, we had talked in, I think, a few episodes ago, also in the last one, that and the entire creation is broken down into yugas or, yes. or ages or cycles. So we have four big ones if you divide from the time the earth comes into creation to the time of destruction. And it goes in four phases. And you can imagine those are bajillions of years. <laughs> so, yeah, basically it says Kali Yuga lasts uh, 432,000 years. So before... Wait, wait, say that again. 432,000 years. 432,000. Thousand years, and that's Kali Yuga, the Six last digits. age that we're in, and that's the shortest. Yeah, that's the shortest and most kind of like it's the age that we t mentioned is the most corrupt, quarrel, the quarrel, wars. hypocrisy, spirituality is on the decline, which is essentially why Krishna has to come back. And before Kali Yuga, there was Dwarpa Yuga, which is eight hundred thousand years, so a little longer, almost double the time of Kali Yuga. And before that was Treta Yuga, one million two hundred thousand years. Oof, that's long. And so thus some 2,000,000 years ago, Manu, the father of mankind, spoke the Bhagavad Gita to his disciple and son. So if we accept that before the birth of Manu, the Gita was spoken by the Lord to his disciple, the sun god, then if we roughly estimate the Gita was spoken at least, get this, 120,400,000 years ago. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. A That's time. a long time ago. And human society has been, and in human society, the Gita has been existing for about 2 million years. So it was re-spoken by Lord Krishna to Arjuna about 5,000 years ago. So as Priya had said, this ancient knowledge was a little bit lost. So even though it came from millennia ago, from this disciplic succession, from guru to disciple, 
it was lost along the way. Kali Yuga came and this final age, this corruption, quarrel, we start losing a notion of spirituality. So Krishna personally came down to revive it for our benefit. That is insane. 120 million years ago that this Gita was spoken, right? Something? 120 million, 400,000 years God. ago. And that's crazy. You know, they didn't have, they didn't have email and they didn't have WhatsApp <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't even have Snapchat. You know what I mean? And so if one dude is saying it to another dude, very, very respectable dude, obviously all the dudes are respectable. <laughs> but like if one dude is saying it to one dude over and over again for the last 120 million years, yeah, it's going to get lost a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? Ideally well, not because because the whole point of like this, the parampara is like, you got to say it as it is. Like you say the words, you say exactly what Krishna said. But yeah, obviously over time, also it's the degradation of people that kind of mm -hmm. makes the problem, right? That's so where I was getting at. Because think about this also, like in the yugas before, people could memorize like thousands and thousands of pages of a book if they wanted to, or like they would just they be They were told. a lot smarter than us. Yeah. Oh yeah, like people yeah. in Kali Yuga, people's lifespans are shortening, our memories are shortening, our morality is shortened. Everything's getting downhill. Exactly. So like back then, like you could remember so much more, you could learn something so much quicker. So like at this point, it's like, I mean, how, how many times have we read the Bhagavad Gita? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I've read it a few times. I will forget I, what we read last week, what to speak and, of. And so it's it's a matter of like, we're at this stage in the yugas and all the cycles in which like, it takes more effort for us to kind of fully understand and fully grasp this, but the knowledge is still supposed to be like intact, right? Like right. ideally. Yeah. And the purport uses a Sanskrit word to basically describe the Gita is known as superhuman because it was originally spoken by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this isn't information coming from human to human to human. These are extraordinary individuals or cool dudes, as Shama called them, that are passing down the cool, knowledge. Cool, respectable dudes. Yeah. Cool, respectable dudes with ties. I have a question for y'all. What was it that Arjuna was asking Krishna before? What, like, what is this a response of? Let's go back. Um, Let's see would it, that dip into chapter three? Oh, so Krishna was talking in the previous chapter as well, actually. He's continuing to talk, right? He's just switching yeah. topics a little bit, right? I got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So he's like, okay, let's talk about mm -hmm. transcendental knowledge, where it comes from, what it is. Like he's just about to like right, because dive in. All of chapter yeah. three was karma yoga, which is laying out the path of action for Arjuna. Now this topic, transcendental knowledge, transcends me. transcendental is like to transcend this material world or to go beyond it. So now he's like, okay, I've laid out the path for you in chapter three. Now in chapter four, let me talk, talk about the knowledge that's going to go beyond this world. I also looked up transcendental in the dictionary and there's two definitions that I'm mushing together to define it as relating to a spiritual non-physical realm and then uh, it is necessary to experience mm, right so it's like an interesting like there's something beyond this so like the knowledge that is beyond what we currently have here right yeah right. love get, that yeah and you know what I want to bring back almost that we haven't talked about this since the beginning of the podcast it's so important to remember the mood that you have to have in order to enter this mysterious secret knowledge that you have to approach it like with humility, knowing that I don't know everything and almost a mood of devotion, like please my Lord, help illuminate my intelligence within so I can absorb this knowledge and be an open recipient to it and not just close yourself off and pretend you know everything. Yeah. Yeah. So text two. All right. All right. Text number two. This supreme science was thus received through the chain of dyslipic... I can't say that word. <laughs> dyslipic. Dyslipic. Anyways, dyslipic succession. 
in succession. There we go. And then the saintly kids <laughs> understood it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you do that again? But you say the word. Okay. okay I got you. No, no, I got you. Try again. I want to hear you say. Oh it my again. god. No, no, I got you. I got you. Text you. This. Supreme science was thus received through the chain of the Siplic succession and the saintly <laughs> and the saintly kings and the saintly kings understood it in that way. But in course of time, the succession was broken, and therefore the science as it is appears to be lost. Okay, this makes sense, right? Because if you're going to say something mm. 120 million years ago, it's going to get lost. You yeah. know, yeah. Especially as morality declined, so the people weren't so. I don't know, noble with extended memories and lifespans. Like as the yugas progressed and morality declined and everything declined, it had had to be restated. Yeah, I find it interesting. Um, I learned some time ago, and I think it reinforces it in this purport that um, the way it was taught, like the way the society worked back then in the day was like kings were taught the spiritual lessons so that they could teach their like... What are they called? Disciples? Their subjects. subjects. Their subjects. Yeah, like, like everyone and like <laughs> everyone that they were ruling, like they were supposed to be the spiritual leaders, the yeah. kings. So like right. imagine, imagine that being the case nowadays. Like the president is the spiritual leader of the country. Like that seems like such a foreign concept yeah. at this point in time. But it was supposed to be that way because they had the most power so that they could share all the spiritual knowledge. And mm-hmm. then everyone can function in a society that was like really pious and proper. Pious meaning good and like... What some Righteous. Other Righteous. That's a good word. Right. Um, right. Because this says the original purpose of all of this spiritual text of the Bhagavad Gita, it was scattered by different motives of corrupt commentators and different people that started wanting to, for their own motives, whatever. I don't know. We talked about meditators in the previous chapter that want for their own fame to be able to be like, oh, I know all of this. And they totally missed the point. And so that's why 5,000 years ago, it was detected by the Lord himself that the disciplic succession was broken. And I love that word detected because that kind of, to me, indicates that (laughs) there's someone there always keeping an eye out on us through his little, what do they call that? The oculus, the like the looking glass? Oh, the... Uh, talking about the magnifying glass yeah 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 so he's kind of like (laughs) Like Sherlock Holmes a little bit (laughs) I was like Oculus are we talking about VR (laughs) no 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 forget that yeah but he's always he's always keeping an eye out on things monitoring it remember when we when we were kids we used to play broken telephone and there was was always that little that little person sometimes it was me most likely most likely it was me but like everyone (laughs) just like switches it up just to be funnier like just to be right yeah and sometimes it can get like Shamali was saying it can get in the hands of the wrong person yes and that person can distort it and so Prabhupada kind of gives a warning here saying like yeah that's also happening nowadays right Right. there's a bunch of different Bhagavad Gita's but they're not necessarily like with the intention of sharing Krishna they have their own agenda and that can be really problematic which is why he himself brought the Bhagavad Gita as it is trying to and and didn't it say the word Krishna is in every page of this book you cannot take Krishna away from this book because this is about Krishna at the end of the day and so this is like the most um, authorized the most like proper Bonafide, they use the word. Right. And it's interesting because these commentators that Priya is mentioning, it says here in the purport, almost all of them are kind of like, a lot of them are English interpretations that totally remove Krishna as, as, who's the essence of it. Almost all of them, they don't accept Krishna as the Supreme Lord, the personality of Godhead. And he puts the line here, although they make a good business on the words of Sri Krishna. So they totally use his content, capitalize, monetize it. It's my own interpretation. Then just remove him from the picture, which misses the point. The whole point of the Gita is to lead us down this beautiful path 
to Krishna. Mm-hmm. And they right. just bloop, remove Krishna. And then it's like, well, where's the path going then? Yeah. What, what yeah. are we doing? That is true. And it's, it, 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 I like that you mentioned like the mood that we need to be in, right? It's like yeah. that humility, the, the mood of like understanding that Krishna is the be all end all, right? And mm-hmm. if you, the moment you take that away is the moment it's like, what, what, what's happening here? Right. Yeah. And notice that in each chapter, you can see what is the highest goal because it goes almost in a hierarchy. So in chapter three, or whenever we talked about yagyas or sacrifices, three, yeah. yeah, it laid out all the different types of yagyas you could do. But then at the end it says, but you know what? The highest is just love for Krishna. That line will and keep Sankirtan popping yagya, up. Yeah. yeah, Sankirtan yagya, which is basically what? Chanting the names of Krishna, the names yeah. of God. So that is the highest. So that'll keep popping up again and again, no matter what technical things and prescribed duties you outline. It's basically love. That's all it's about. Couple yeah. down love, beautifully said. <laughs> All right, text number three. Okay. That very ancient science of the relationship with the Supreme is today told by me, capital me, Krishna says, to you. He's talking to you, Arjuna, and to every you listening, because you are my devotee as well as my friend and can therefore understand the transcendental mystery of this science. Oh, I just love how this is said. It's kind of beautiful because it shows you a little glimpse into Krishna and Arjuna's mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he didn't need to say this again. You know what I mean? Like he, there was a situation that happened, but also he loves Arjuna. You know, Arjuna is his family. Right. And so it's, it's yeah. kind of beautiful, the relationship here. Yeah. It paints an image of a God who's just so loving and personal and considers each and every living entity as his dear, most personal friend. Yeah. And it says that you can understand this transcendental mystery of this science. I love that because not everyone, you can't just give a Gita to like random people on the street because they might not know what to do with it or how important it is or how powerful the knowledge is inside of this book. And so like he trusts Arjuna. Yeah. It's like one of those books that you're going to always get something new out of it at each stage in life. And probably like many people out there years ago when I opened this and tried to read it, many things felt very dense to me and very like, I don't know, almost hitting a wall like, ah, that doesn't make sense to me. But some of those same texts now and purports that I read, it's like so full of life and and vibrancy and it, it transforms the more you evolve yourself. So I would say to anyone that hits walls, take a look at yourself first and before you try to ride this off as like, ah, useless, I don't know. Yeah, it ties it back to what you were saying about and what Krishna was saying about the mood in which, Prabhupada actually was saying about the What the Shamali was saying. I was like, wait a second, let me go back. It was what Prabhupada's saying about the mood of reading this, right? Mm -hmm. Like Krishna's establishing one more time, like you're my friend, you want to hear this. Like, that's why I'm telling you. He's not trying to give unsolicited advice. Yeah. You know, like how right. hard it is to receive unsolicited advice <laughs> yes. when right. you're not ready for change in your life, when you're not ready. If your friend comes and tells you, listen, I love you, but you are mean. <laughs> you, on a random day, you're like, what? <laughs> Why would you say that? But if you're like, listen, I feel like I've been mean lately and I just want your guidance. Okay, listen, you are mean, but we can work on this. Yeah. Right? Like completely right. different conversations. So I think Krishna's saying like, listen, it, anyone who's reading this book and they're coming with the mindset of I'm struggling. I don't know what the path of life is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know, like in general, like what is religion? What is life? What is existence? Like what is right. everything? This book is like, Krishna's like, if you have that mood, if you want to find out and like, you're like, yeah, I'm down with Krishna. I'm like, I'm down to listen. And I'm down mm. to accept that he is like the source of all sources. He's like, I got you. Like you're my friend. Yeah. You're like someone that's on, you know, 
we can do this because it's not unsolicited. You're coming to me. So I think that I love that. You know, that's it's like, like very, you're, you that's key. What you say, you're coming to me because he's there in your heart just waiting for you to turn around yeah. and take the first step. But you have to take that first step because he's not going to force you to. You can't force someone to love you. Unsolicited advice. No one yeah. likes it. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and Krishna is giving a lot of advice. So it's like you have to be ready for it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, Arjuna is such a sincere devotee of Krishna. That's why Krishna is really blessing him with all of this knowledge. And they say any commentary on the Gita that follows in the footsteps of Arjuna is real devotional service to the cause of this great science. Wait, can you say that again? I didn't process it properly. Yeah, yeah, that it says that... Um, any commentary on the Gita that follows the footsteps of Arjuna, because I was saying Arjuna is such a devoted servant of mm -hmm, the Lord. He's mm -hmm. really the, imbibed the, the mood of a disciple. Like, I don't know, Krishna, please. I'm confused and bewildered now. Yeah. I'm a student. I don't know what to do on this battlefield. Mm -hmm. So they say any commentary on the Gita that really follows the footsteps of Arjuna is real devotional service to the cause of this great science. Oh, so they're saying like, if you are in the same position as him saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to learn. I understand, you know, you are the Supreme personality and like, I'm here right. to serve and to learn. Then like, then you're good. You're following you're good. the correct <laughs> footsteps. Rather it's like, yeah. It's, it's like understanding like what are the characteristics of Arjuna to make right. him the perfect disciple. And I want to okay. pause here. Exactly. Exactly that. And it makes uh, this to me connects to kind of Eastern wisdom versus Western wisdom, which I think this is a good segue for a second into there, because this mood of a disciple, you have to really know that the knowledge is coming from above. We talked a second disciple ago about a student, right? A student. And we talked just now about this disciplic succession, that it goes from guru to disciple, guru to disciple and down. That's and how this knowledge is disciplic coming. Disciplic is the same as disciple. Yeah. Like it's exactly, like exactly. Exactly. Word. Yeah. No, completely. So I think it's interesting how in order to receive the mystery of this knowledge, you have to cleanse your heart in a way and become pure yourself to be able to receive the knowledge from above versus nowadays in the West. I don't know. I just wrapped up my master's program and people probably that go do even beyond PhDs and all types of things. The knowledge is going from like, uh, instead of from up to down, it's going from down up because in a way you're supposed to be known as the quote unquote master of your own whatever field. So I read something, compose a dissertation. I come up with, oh, I know this and that and this and that. It's almost a different mood that you need to put knowledge out there nowadays than this ancient science that we're trying to tap into, that it comes really from above. Did you say, did you see at the beginning of that, that like people should prepare themselves before reading this? Oh yeah. Yeah. That connects to the whole, well, what we read in chapter one, I think it was the correct mood. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. I think it's very important to have the, the, the mood of like, I'm here to learn, but I also, I don't want to dissuade anyone from thinking like, oh, I have to be prepared for listening to the Bhagavad Gita. I have to be perfect or like already right. have worked on myself. No, no. Like you read this book and you try to apply of it, apply from it as much as you can, as you go on, because the reality of it is, I mean, we've all read it multiple times mm -hmm. and we're learning new things mm -hmm. every time we read it. And I think that's just a part of the journey. Like we are making slow progress towards a great goal. Right. Yeah. And so like, just take whatever you can from it. As long as you come, like Shamali was saying and Prabhupada <laughs> with the mood of like, I want to learn, like you, you know, don't think that you have to be perfect to read this right. book. That, there's no such thing. If that was the case, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Right, and Ar right. Arjuna is in the same place, right? Like he came to Krishna at, he didn't have all the answers, right? And yeah. none of us have all of the answers. So coming to, to this, this knowledge in the mood of, 
humility and understanding that, hey, like I don't have the answers. So right. I would love some guidance and I'm right. open. I'm coming to at this with like an open mind and an open heart. And yeah. then Krishna will illuminate you from within. If you have what Shama and Priya were just outlining, then that's when the knowledge comes from up, down, within, like up from above through your heart and, and he illuminates you within rather than kind of that comparison in the West. I'm going to do my dissertation. I'm the master of what I've just, of my field, what I've been studying. Like that yeah. knowledge is different. Um, I also thought it was really interesting that um, Arjuna is not a king. Like they changed the thing. They, they, it, it, <laughs> let me figure out my thought. It said that before they used to give this knowledge to like this high most person and then mm. they would spread it to the other people. And mm. I think Arjuna is amazing. That's I'm not, a great I'm not taking that away. He's just not, he's just not a king in I this birth, particular yeah. position. Yeah. Let me tell can I tell you what pops into my head or unless yeah, you yeah, have yeah. an answer no, to no, that? No, 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 that's go, a great go for point. it, go for it, go for it. He's not a king, but look, let's connect it to the story. Who are the current kings in position? Exactly. They're the, the whole, yeah. they're, they're the what? It's the dads, right? Oh, <laughs> and, and, and the story, but I think you're talking about in real life right now. Oh, well, well, both. But I was talking about in the story. <laughs> I was ta thinking of all of the, the whole side of the dynasty that's corrupt, that the Pandos are fighting against. Those are the current kings. And that's connecting to, we're in Kali Yuga. In, in the in the age yes. of the cycle. That, Where that, our leaders are not actually leading from a place of goodness and right. like care, but yeah. they're leading from like wanting greed, greed and wealth. And, and, and now we're even further into Kali Yuga. So yeah, look at our current state of the world. Yeah. The, the kings are no longer noble rulers who want to guide people on their, on their spiritual path back to their eternal salvation. I mean, forget that. <laughs> yeah. I also think uh, maybe, and this is maybe a little speculation, but I think Arjuna is representing us. Like it's kind of like bringing a really difficult situation because we all have difficult situations mm. to deal with. So Krishna is bringing an example of someone that's like relatable to us. Right, right. right. So like, well, you know. Yeah, the next text is actually about to talk about it because Arjuna really actually probably has all the answers to these questions. So Anyways. We're yeah. going to get there in a second. All right, all right. Uh, text four. Arjuna said, the sun god, <laughs> you Vivashan. always get these. <laughs> what? Vivashan? Okay. okay. The Vivashan. sun god Vivashan is senior by birth to you. How am I to understand that in the beginning you instructed this science to him? So Arjuna's Ooh. asking the same question. He's like, why me? So yeah, yeah. Bo both use no. were capital there. So it's basically Arjuna asking Krishna like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the sun god who is older than you uh, you instructed the science to him. How does that mathematically work? Are you just work? trying to do this whole like? I, I, I think I got you. I think I got you. Yeah, yeah. But, you know he's kind I of think, doing this. And like, wait a minute. Are you sure that you did this? Because he's a lot older than you. Right. Oh, because right, he's right. seeing he's seen Krishna. Although he understands Krishna's God, he also seeing Krishna as his family member, right? Yes. Like like a similar age. Right. Cousin? Right. So cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so. so that's why in the purport it says, although Arjuna is like an accepted devotee of the Lord, how could he not believe Krishna's words? So the fact is that Arjuna is not inquiring for himself, but for people who don't really believe in the supreme personality of Godhead. Can I read the text for one more time? Yeah. I just want to yeah, clarify. Yeah, yeah. So, so it says, Arjuna said, so like, wait, right before Krishna is still talking. And then Arjuna says, the sun God is senior by birth to you, Krishna. How am I to understand that in the beginning, you, Krishna, instructed this science to him? If he's older than you, how is that possible? Yeah? 
He's like, he's kind of saying, there's something fishy here, Krishna. You got <laughs> to so explain this a little bit. Explain this for all of us who don't right, know. Because yeah. ultimately, we know Krishna in two ways. Krishna is the, the source of everything, you know, but he came down into this time to play almost a role. He's playing a role in this battlefield of Kurukshetra. So Arjuna, in a way, pretended he didn't know Krishna's eternal position as God and just pretended he forgot that and was like, wait a minute, you are just kind of a youngin. How are you supposed? to be a youngin. I thought that was funny too. Yeah, because he knew perfectly well that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. And here it says a nice line, the fountainhead of everything and the last word in transcendence. Wow. The last word in transcendence. Is he describing Krishna there? Yeah, there he's describing Krishna. Like, I know you're the source of everything, the fountainhead, the last word in transcendence. How poetic. Like if transcendence is a word that describes something that goes beyond this world, he has the last word. Krishna's everything and everything and everything. That is really poetic. I like that. Yeah. Sweet. But Krishna also, on the flip side, appeared as the son of Devaki on this earth. So God comes into earth to re. We kind of said he came to reestablish the principles of morality, religion, dharma to a corrupt audience that's just taking over and rampaging their citizens. That's kind of why we're in this whole battlefield. And Krishna came to play a role in this yeah. whole saga. And uh, I just wanted to like put this out there. We keep talking about this Kali Yuga, this cycle of life in which we're in right now, which lasts thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I already forgot the number. That's how my <laughs> our minds in Kali Yuga work. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about how like it's the worst of the worst and all this stuff. But uh, there's a good silver lining in this is that we had Lord Chaitanya come and give us the Maha Mantra. Now, Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya, I know. Lord Chaitanya <laughs> is like Krishna at the next incarnation, right? So like right. Krishna came 500 years ago and he was like, oh my God, this is getting bad. Let me give them something that will give them like refuge, right? Like so chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare. It's supposed to be like a way for you to clear your mind, to clear anxiety. Like this, it's a, it solves so many issues. So this is like the silver lining in this Kali Yuga. And it can be like a great way. It's the way to kind of go back to Krishna. So I just want to put it out there because it can sound so negative and so like, oh my mm. God, this is the worst Yuga. We have politicians who are terrible. Just wanted to give a little bit of mm. hope out there. Can I add to that silver lining? Because one thought that popped into my head is like, no, we're in the best position, in fact, to make spiritual progress. Because (laughs) if if we were like, we're kind of in the middle zone where it's like a little suffering, a little happiness. If we were in a zone, like they describe there's heavenly planets or realms or Mm. dimensions, whatever you want to call it, where there's such great enjoyment that it's very difficult to make spiritual progress because you're like, I don't want to leave here. This is fantastic. Yeah. Like how often do you think of God when you're happy? Like, when you go to vacation True. in the Bahamas, are you going to be thinking, I got to get out of this miserable situation? No, you think a lot about, you know, some sort of uh, like God or Krishna when you're in times of despair, right? Yeah. And then things right. are, are getting difficult in your there life. There was even a statistic out there that showed countries that were really suffering. Spirituality peaked when there was more suffering. Mm. Not to say that we're we're <laughs> promoting suffering, but to say that, no. It's we're, just part of the material world. It's like, it is what it is. 
It is what it is. It is what it is. But if you're on the flip side from a heavenly realm, if you're in a in a realm that there's constant suffering, if you're like constantly in pain, you can't focus so much on spiritual life. So that would be hell. That would be hell. So we're in a beautiful middle zone where, yeah, there's suffering, there's happiness, and you can, with your mentality, try to get beyond all of this. Like, this is it. Uh-huh. This is your chance to escape. It's not terrible. It's not great. I mean, it's a little terrible, but it's not the worst <laughs> that it could be. You're not in hell. And it's a chance to be like, Krishna, yo, I see you. I want to be with you. Like, yeah. let me let me in, please. You can and even, it's simple. It's just the mantra, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like chanting the mantra. I would, I would take it a step further to say, if you're sitting, listening to this podcast, that means you, number one, have enough commodities to be listening to this through some electronic device. Number two, you have a human body. Like, you're listening have to this intelligence. Somehow. You have... Krishna guiding you to get to this point. I mean, mm-hmm. however you found us, hopefully we can help you in some way, get closer to Krishna. And that's all we're looking right. to do. So everyone listening to this has so many things already going for them. It just takes the next step to now do it. Yeah. And the third, just to add to your list, Shamli, it's like yeah. the third is like the inclination to want to have some sort of spiritual understanding yeah. of how to go about this mm. world, right? Because a lot of people just go through their life and like eat, sleep, mate, defend, that's mm. it, right? But if yeah. you have that inclination to be like, okay, there's got to be more to my life and that maybe this podcast has the answers because we're reading this really, really important book. I love that, Shama. You reminded me of one thing I wanted to say that that's such a good point because in the Bhagavad Gita somewhere it says, only one in a million will turn towards me, Krishna mm. says. So only one in a million, I'm pretty sure it was a million. I'm sure we'll get there at some point, but <laughs> that practically no one stops the cycle and says like, wait a minute, what is the point of this whole rat race? I want yes. to just get something beyond this, something real. It's really hard to do so because the material energy is telling you, no, if you just make a little more money, you'll be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. If you just uh, married the right person, you'll be happy. No, no, no. If you just get that extra car, you'll be happy. All these things. Because you think about all the billionaires, right? Like they're just still going for more. They have mm-hmm. all the money they'll Everything, ever need. Yeah. They don't have, you know, if right. they stop working today, if they stop and, and they spend millions of dollars a day, they could still have money even until the, their dying day. And yet the material energy is like, keep coming back to me. I need more. Right. I need more. <laughs> so yeah, basically in this text, Arjuna's kind of playing the role to benefit all of us, like w- doubting Krishna. Like, are you really for real? And you know, there's one last line in this purport that's super sweet. It's just a description of Krishna that says, Krishna is superhuman. He is Sakchid Ananda Vigraha, the eternal form of bliss and knowledge that he is transcendental. And he is above the domination of the modes of material nature, which we had talked about, goodness, passion, ignorance, and above the influence of time and space. Wow. A devotee of (laughs) Krishna, like Arjuna, is undoubtedly above any misunderstandings of the transcendental position of Krishna. So Arjuna just kind of pretended like, wait a minute, you're my cousin. You're telling me you're God? Yeah, it says Arjuna's putting this question before the Lord is simply an attempt by the devotee to to defy the atheistic attitude of people who consider Krishna to be an ordinary human being. Hmm. So they're just, he's like, oh, so, but like, you're younger than the sun god. Like, how could you have told him, right? And so then gives Krishna the opportunity to be like, well, let me tell you a story. Yeah. And so now we continue with text number five. As uh, Krishna is speaking now, text five, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Krishna... He said, many, many births, both you and I have passed. I Mm. can remember all of them, but you cannot. O subduer of the enemy, Arjuna. Wow. 
That's mm. so powerful. Like kind of, he's really just directly telling Arjuna, yeah, I might be your cousin right now playing this role, but I have been here since time immemorial and I can remember everything, like, all of my roles, all of the acts I've played in. He's saying we're both been here since time immemorial. It just so happens that because I'm Krishna, mm -hmm. I know everything, but you just don't remember. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. the thing, like we, in, in, in this Bhakti Yoga philosophy, we believe in reincarnation, right? And so yeah. like, but we can't remember any of our past lives. We can barely remember what we ate for breakfast yesterday. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, so Im we, imagine if we did remember though. My God. I think that would be a bit of a curse. I think mm -hmm. it would be haunting and daunting. Like, remember that thing I did three lifetimes ago? Oh, uh -huh. like right now we're still like when we go to bed at nighttime, we're like, oh man, I can't believe that thing I did, that embarrassing thing I did in grade three. But yeah. could you imagine like we remember what we, the embarrassing things that we did three <laughs> lifetimes ago? You know someone I mean? at this It'd point. be so anxiety ridden. Yeah. Someone might, might wonder, well, why don't I remember? Isn't that useful in the path of like enlightenment? But no, I think. You pick up where you left off on your path as far as like lessons you need to learn. Everything that yes. you need to remember is there. Right. You're born into the family that you're born into mm -hmm. and you're, uh, you are born into the location that you're born into all for the purpose of your progress. And you right. meet the people that you meet to all for the sake of your progress. And it's kind of up to you where you take it. Right. Yeah. But we can't possibly remember the thousands and maybe millions of lives we've lived because imagine remembering being a cockroach, a dog, or like a horse. Or a whale. Or a whale. I mean, I, I'm a very empathic person and sometimes I'm like, I feel bad. Oh my gosh, th that one time I said that one thing to that person and I still feel bad about it. Imagine thousands and thousands of years of like, trying to be a good person. Oh my God. <laughs> so much anxiety. Oh my God. Right. It would make life a lot harder. So Krishna yeah. is saying, Duh, I mean, you won't remember and that's probably a good thing. Um, but I remember everything. Yeah. And for going off of what you said that like your place in the situations you're placed into for a reason, into the people you meet for a reason, all to kind of propel you on where you're at at that point in time, that automatically, if you really sit with that, it transforms everything into a miracle because your life has been perfectly tailored oh to where God. you're at, at that point in your spiritual evolution. Yes. Like if you literally remember you're a little soul coming into this world from point A to and point B is when like, I don't know, you're enlightened and leave this world. Each life you're picking up where you left off, getting closer and closer to point B and the people, the situations, the family you have, they're perfectly tailored those cards for you where you left off in the previous life to make the most out of that. And if you really open your eyes and squeeze the most juice out of that you can propel even your path further and get to point b even quicker i have like a a, for a fantastic point on how this has happened to me yeah i'm pretty sure i met shamley when i was 17 16 oh, wow. 17 i would say even younger you know <laughs> potentially younger okay so shamley and i've known each other since we were a lot younger but we didn't live in the same town the same city. So we knew of each other. We interacted with each other, but we didn't really know each other very well. Okay. And this was in Texas. Okay. Dallas, now, Texas. Not only that, but I met Shama Sangeeta 15 years ago. I think it was 15 years ago. I must have been, gosh, 15. Was it? Oh You're my God. 30 this year. <laughs> so you, you met us both around similar times. Uh, yeah. Though. Maybe I was a little older. Maybe I was like 16, 17, 18. And we met in Toronto, Canada. We met in Toronto, Canada. But the interesting thing about this is Shamsangita does not remember me at all. And I'm um, so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We were really young. And um, we just happened. I happened to stay at her place. I had a friend in common. We were there for like a festival. And so I've met both of you individually and we didn't necessarily go very deep, but we all ended up in California. 
And now yes. looking back at today, where we at with this podcast, like who would have thought oh my God. that a girl from Canada, a girl from Dallas and a girl from Houston would find their way to California and they would start the Modern Yogi Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Krishna knew. Krishna, Krishna knew, knew the whole time. And he put uh, each other, each one of us in each other's lives. Yeah. That Even that small interaction of staying at your house, even the small interactions of seeing you at festivals in the Dallas, you know, these interactions created enough of a bond for us to be here where we are at this point in which we can <laughs> hopefully do this service as good as we can together. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that. that's just a really cool way of thinking about how, where we're placed and all and to make further spiritual progress mm. like there's a plan out there you just keep your eyes out you know be kind Beautiful. to everyone yep believe in krishna <laughs> krishna's and, got and, your back yeah and yeah. krishna like kind of in this like it's kind of a retort to the the last verse right it's like like arjuna was like hey but you're a lot younger than the sun god and like krishna's like hey let me show you that i'm not just this ordinary human you know, yeah. I know so much more and let yeah. me tell you more. And that's where we're going to end up <laughs> for chapter th four, <laughs> verse number four. Yes, and beautiful. so we will start off with verse number five um, in the next episode. All right, guys. Tune back in next time. See you soon. Bye. 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 Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.